You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another Locked On Ravens. I am your host, Kevin Oshreker of Ravens Wire, and we are here on this Friday, another day, another preseason victory for the Baltimore Ravens. They defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 26-15 to in a lightning-shortened game. We actually don't see a lot of weather cancellations in the NFL, but this was one of them, but it kept the Ravens preseason win streak alive, and we saw a lot of great things out of this team. We saw a few things that we'd like to see improve, but overall this was a very solid performance. The starters didn't really play, Lamar Jackson did not play at all, which was the polar opposite of what I predicted. That really was the Justice Hill show running back. Gus Edwards didn't play, Mark Ingram didn't play, Kenneth Dixon also didn't play. So we're going to talk about the studs of the game, we're then going to talk about the duds of the game, and then we're going to get into what this game means for the roster. The third preseason game, like I said, is really the game that these players show to the coaches whether they deserve to be on the team or not. This was a very important game for a lot of players. Some players stepped up, some players didn't. But without any further ado, let's get into this. But before we do that... Be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, tune in. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Ravens. So again, I'm Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, and this is your Locked On Ravens lead story. We're going to start with the studs. That's going to be our lead story. And really the MVP of this game for me and a lot of other Ravens experts has to be the performance that Trace McSorley put on tonight. Lamar Jackson didn't play. Robert Griffin III is still hurt. So this was really McSorley's chance to shine. I really didn't know where McSorley stood in terms of whether he belonged on this roster or not. Just because the Ravens said he was there Swiss Army Knife, kind of like a Taysom Hill, but we hadn't really seen him at a cornerback position at a returner position or a special team gunner position like I really envisioned he was going to be when the Ravens said that. He really showed that he was a quarterback tonight. This kid impressed me. The Ravens have two very young, talented quarterbacks, one of them being Trace McSorley. McSorley ended up completing 19 of 28 passes. That's a 67.9 completion percentage, 203 yards, two touchdowns, and also a rushing touchdown. He really proved his value tonight, and this really solidified a spot on the 53-man roster to me. The Ravens generally aren't a team that keep three quarterbacks on the roster, but really with Robert Griffin III still coming back from his thumb injury and Lamar Jackson not playing, McSorley really proved that he deserves a spot on the Ravens, and if not on the Ravens, he's going to get poached from somebody else. There's no way McSorley makes it to the practice squad, so I was impressed with McSorley. He showed a lot of poise tonight. He looked a little shaky in the beginning. A lot of people probably would say that as well, but part of being in the NFL and part of being a rookie is being able to come back from those shaky first possessions. We saw it with Miles Boykin in the Jaguars game. He had a few drops, came back, caught a touchdown that was called back. McSorley did the same thing. He looked a little bit shaky, looked a little nervous, starting a game for the first time, albeit a preseason game, but still his first real start in the NFL. He came back from a pretty shaky first series and delivered. That's really what you want to see out of a player like McSorley, who's a rookie trying to get his bearings under him. So overall, it was a great effort and really just a superstar showing from McSorley. I'm very excited about the prospects of him getting a roster spot, really learning under Robert Griffin III, and we all know that Robert Griffin III wants to be a starter in the NFL. I don't think that opportunity is going to come with the Ravens, with the Ravens having Lamar Jackson really entrenched in that starting role. So I think that after Griffin's two-year contract is up, maybe he moves on. The Ravens have had backup quarterback issues in the past. 
Ryan Mallett wasn't really the answer. They've had a few other in-and-out backup quarterbacks, but the Ravens have found stability in Robert Griffin III, and I think that if he leaves, McSorley is really the best option to take over that backup spot if Robert Griffin III leaves either in a trade next offseason or even early this season, or if he leaves after his two-year deal is up. So I think McSorley stays. I think he gets a roster spot out of this. He was a guy who really impressed me and really was the MVP of this game for me. In the preview, I talked about seeing Tyus Bowser and Tim Williams perform would be a huge plus for the Ravens. I think they really performed at high levels tonight. I saw Tyus Bowser really put in a lot of effort tonight. I think he knew that he hadn't really had super strong showings in the first two preseason games, and he knew that his time was now. Bowser showed up on the stat sheet having four total tackles. He had a sack, two tackles for loss. This is a guy who his potential hasn't been reached yet, and he really needed to have a strong showing tonight in order to really ease Ravens fans' minds about this outside linebacker competition that's been going on because so far the Ravens haven't really been bearing the fruits of their draft picks like Bowser and Tim Williams and I think Bowser put on a show tonight showed a lot of poise a lot of power got to the quarterback got in the backfield so great showing from Bowser I also really liked what I saw out of Williams Williams didn't stuff the stat sheet as much as Bowser only one tackle but he had a lot of pressure on the quarterback I think that like I said sometimes these outside linebackers, they don't show up in the stat sheet, but they make an impact in the game by just disrupting throws. I think that Williams applied a ton of pressure. I was really impressed with both of them, and they really showed me a lot. And I think the Ravens have some great young players at outside linebacker who will continue to develop under the tutelage of Matthew Judon, Pernell McPhee. Look out for Tim Williams. I like Tyus Bowser a lot, but I think Tim Williams has the speed off of the edge and has really improved his game enough to the point where he can be a disruptive force. So look out for him this year. Another guy who impressed me was Miles Boykin. He ended up finishing the game with one reception for 44 yards, but that catch was amazing. He had a drop later in the game, but that's kind of something to address later. I wouldn't be too concerned. It's not a Michael Crabtree situation where you're looking at an experienced receiver with drops. This is a rookie with drops. It can still be fixed. I wouldn't be worried about it at all. Marquise Brown also really impressed me. He had three catches for 17 yards. He also had a reverse play where he gained negative four yards. But what this showed me tonight is that Greg Roman knows how to utilize this weapon. And as long as Roman knows how to utilize Brown and really use him to his strengths, I think that Marquise Brown is going to be dangerous. And they didn't really get him going in the deep passing game a lot, but that's just going to come with time. This was Marquise Brown's first live game action, and I think he performed admirably, especially with the limited amount of reps he's gotten in practice. So I think that Brown is going to be a stud. He just needs to get his legs under him and really take off with what he's been given. One last guy who I thought was great, I've been hyping him up for the entire time I've been doing this podcast, Deshaun Elliott. He had a tackle that got him flagged. A lot of Ravens fans, and myself included, did not agree with the call. But Elliott led the team in tackles. He had five. He showed that big hitting ability. He showed it at the University of Texas. He was all over the field, getting to the ball, making sure guys didn't get yards after the catch. And I was really impressed with what I saw out of a big physical safety. He still reminds me of Earl Thomas, a young Earl Thomas. And with Thomas being on the team, I think that those two could really share some knowledge with each other get better, and I think Deshaun Elliott is going to be a weapon for this team. I think he might come into a place where he's playing well enough in the preseason where he might get some significant snaps come week one. So I'm intrigued to see what the Ravens do with Elliott. I love this guy. I think he's going to be a stud in this league, so watch out for the Joker. We're going to go to break, but when we come back, we're going to look at the duds. Who didn't do too well tonight? Who needed to show more and didn't? 
But before we do that, do you have a long day at work or a tough day at school or are you still stuck at the office? Treat yourself to the meal that you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Your sweatpants are on for the day, but you're sick of microwave leftovers and frozen pizza. Just enter DoorDash, restaurant quality food with a living room dress code. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you might as well find a new favorite too. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, or even the Cheesecake Factory. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Welcome back, everybody. There are quite a bit of studs from this game. There were a few duds that we really need to talk about just because it means a lot for what this roster is going to look like come week one and where the Ravens need improvement. One of those is really Shane Ray. I was really excited when the Ravens signed Shane Ray along with Pernell McPhee. I thought that these guys could be veterans, really come in and revitalize their careers in Baltimore. One did that. Pernell McPhee really came in and showed that he was a veteran leader, showed that he still has the production, showed that he still has the skills to put up numbers in the NFL. Shane really hasn't done that. He hasn't really shown in practice that he has that same consistency that he had in his first two years with Denver. In 2015 and 2016, which were his first two seasons in the NFL, he had 12 total sacks. But the next two years, in 2017 and 2018, he only had two total sacks. So he was a guy who was really a project, still a young guy. He's only 26. The team took a chance on him, and he really just didn't perform he didn't look great tonight didn't really show a lot to me that says that he's deserves a roster spot over a tim williams a tyus bowser or any guy looking in even in Atara alaka i just don't think that there's room for ray on this roster maybe he gets a practice squad spot but i just don't see shane ray making this team another guy who i didn't really see a lot from was maurice kennedy he was really picked on a lot tonight he showed that he can't really stick with those slot receivers in coverage and it's really at the point where he's had enough NFL experience that he should be more consistent when it comes to his snaps and I think that Kennedy at this point just isn't a lock for this Ravens roster there are other options available Justin Bethel can be used for his special teams prowess Cyrus Jones for his return prowess Anthony Averett they're not going to give up on him so early even Biggie Marshall who hasn't played a lot unfortunately The Ravens haven't really been playing Marshall, which I've been a little surprised about. He might be hurt. It's really undisclosed, but I don't think Kennedy makes this team. He did have four tackles, but I just didn't see a lot in coverage from him. It left a lot to be desired. I think Kennedy still has the potential to be a good player. Maybe it's just not on this Ravens team. Another guy who I was a little disappointed with was Seth Roberts. I saw this from a few outlets, but I think that Roberts had a strong start to camp, had a roster spot locked down, but I just don't think that with being injured for the past two weeks and not really playing, Michael Floyd has really emerged as a player who might make the team, and that could come at the expense of Roberts because I think the Ravens only keep one of these two veteran guys who they sign between Roberts and Michael Floyd. Michael Floyd tonight had three receptions for 54 yards and a touchdown. He's really improved in camp. He didn't really have a strong start, but he's improved, and Seth Roberts had a strong start, but 
when you can't play, we talked about this a little bit two days ago, when you can't play, you're not helping yourself. You're not doing yourself any favors. The Ravens brought in these two guys to really compete for one spot, I feel like. And right now, I don't think Roberts makes it. Floyd is a big-bodied guy. Lamar Jackson loves his big bodies and Miles Boykin and Mark Andrews. So he's just another guy. Seth Roberts is kind of on the smaller side, more of a Willie Sneed type player. I don't know. I just don't think that Roberts makes this team right now. And that's kind of a bold prediction based off the camp he had. And I liked Roberts at the beginning, but if you're not playing, you're just not going to get a spot on the team if you're not performing and other people are overtaking your spot. Bennett Jackson also didn't have a super strong game to me. He's really fighting for a roster spot, but I think that with all the depth the Ravens have in the secondary, even with the Tavon Young injury, I just don't see him making the team. So unfortunately, Jackson's a great guy, great guy off the field, has a lot of talent on the field, but I just don't think that Baltimore is the right fit for him at this point. We're going to go back to break, but when we come back, we're going to take a look at really what these studs and duds mean for the Ravens and what the roster could be looking like as we're starting to get into roster shaping season. But before we do that, let's talk about this Locked On NFL channel because in case you were wondering, it is still on fire. Last week, it was one of the most listened to NFL shows with the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. So follow Locked On NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome back, everybody. Studs and duds are complete. Now we're going to get into a little bit of a roster breakdown, what some of these players being studs and duds means for the team coming into week four of the preseason and as we really get into roster shaping season, what it means. Starting off with the running backs, only having Justice Hill play really didn't do a lot to clear up the running back position to me because I wanted to see Kenneth Thixon. I wanted to see some Gus Edwards. We all know Mark Ingram's spot is safe. We all know Justice Hill's spot is safe. I really haven't seen a lot from Edwards in the preseason. He just hasn't been playing. I just don't know if the Ravens will keep four running backs. I've said it time and time again. I just don't see them doing it. Justice Hill only had seven carries for eight yards. He had a burst on a few runs. I like Justice Hill's burst. I think he could overtake Gus Edwards by the time that the season rolls into week six, week seven, especially if Edwards starts out slow, which I think at this point he might because he just hasn't had enough playing time. I think Edwards is super talented, showed a lot last season, but the team just isn't playing him, so he hasn't really gotten a lot of game action. So it might be a slow start for Edwards, who really comes into his own later in the season. Looking at the wide receiver room, Marquise Brown's a lock, Miles Blankens a lock, Chris Moore only had two receptions for 25 yards, but I think he also is a lock. Jalil Scott, I think, makes the team. He had two catches for 11 yards and a touchdown. Michael Floyd ends up making the team. Willie Sneed, but I think it's a six-wide receiver room, and if the Ravens need to go out and sign a veteran to really shore up the room, if it doesn't do well early in the season, I think that that's totally fine, and I think that they might do that. The tight ends, we all know that it's going to be the three bromigos. The bromance lives on between Nick Boyle, Hayden Hurst, and Mark Andrews. That's really, I think, who's going to make the team. There's not really a fourth tight end that I see right now who's a threat to really make the roster right now. Offensive line was an issue. I didn't want to put them in my duds just because there were so many of them. Ben Powers didn't look great. Bradley Bozeman didn't have a great showing either. Patrick McCurry, after all the hype that he had, didn't really show much for me. He struggled in a few aspects of the game. I think that Bozeman ends up being the odd man out here. I think Makari ends up making it. He showed some ability to play center. I think that the Ravens are going to take a chance on the Makari guy. I think that Bozeman just hasn't shown enough from year one to year two in order to warrant a roster spot. And that was really clear to me tonight. 
I liked Bozeman a lot, but I just don't think his spot is on this Ravens team. Hopefully he can show it to me in week four that he deserves a spot. But at this point, if roster cuts were this week, I don't think Bozeman's making it. I think that Makari gets the spot over him, and I think Powers also gets the spot. But that left guard position and that whole offensive line really is an issue. The Ravens just needed to be healthy, and I just think at this point, maybe you trade the pick and you get a left guard that can really show you something and can really protect Lamar Jackson. Because if Lamar Jackson ends up getting hurt on a play that's the offensive line's fault, people are going to start clamoring and saying, well, why didn't you address the position? when you knew that it was an issue. That's really where I think the Ravens could make a deadline deal. I think that they're going to give their in-house options a shot. I think that James Hurst might win the competition at this point. They love his versatility, being able to be a backup tackle and a backup guard. But at this point, Illuminor hasn't shown me a lot. Ben Powers struggled tonight. Makari also struggled. Maybe they give it to Makari and they just say, you know what, kid, go run with it. And I'd be okay with that, especially because outside of tonight, He's been strong, and Makari wasn't horrendous tonight, but I think that he's just been hyped up so much that I expected more than I should have out of an undrafted rookie, and I think it's just going to be a lot of improvement for Makari as time goes on, so maybe my expectations were just too high. I don't want to be too harsh on the guy because he has put in a ton of work this offseason. really came from a guy who I didn't know to a guy who I'm really excited about. So I think Makari ends up winning that roster spot, and Bozeman really is left on the outside looking in. Looking at the cornerback position, I think the Ravens are going to give a shot to Cyrus Jones. He almost had a second pick six tonight. Anthony Avert really didn't show up on the stat sheet. Maurice Kennedy, as we talked about, did not have a great game. I think that his time with the Ravens is most likely up at this point, especially with the Ravens having a special team standout in Justin Bethel, and we all know how much the Ravens love their special teams. So I think at this point, Bethel makes it over Kennedy. There were some rumors saying that the Ravens could cut Bethel because at this point, Justin Bethel does count against the Ravens' compensatory draft pick formula, but if they cut him by a certain point, the Ravens actually get that pick back. So there were some people clamoring, oh, maybe if we cut Justin Bethel, we'll get the fourth-round pick for John Brown back, or we'll get the third-round pick for CJ Mosley back. I think that at this point, it's just going to be Justin Bethel makes this team because of his special teams prowess, and Kennedy's on the outside looking in. Safety-wise, there's not really a guy who I think is going to get cut. I don't think Bennett Jackson makes it. I think that Deshaun Elliott might overtake Chuck Clark at this point. They've tried Chuck Clark in the slot, but I think Deshaun Elliott has proven enough at the safety position that he might be overtaking Chuck Clark for that hybrid backup safety role. He's wearing number 32, doing Eric Weddle very proud, so I'm excited about that, but I think that Elliott has just shown more to me than Clark. I've loved Elliott ever since coming out of Texas. I've said it time and time again, but I just think that Elliott provides more as a hard-hitting safety. He can fly all over the field. Chuck Clark is also a thumper, but he doesn't give you that playmaking ability that Elliott can give you. That athleticism that Elliott has is just so enticing to me, and I just wouldn't be able to take him off the field if I'm being honest. Maybe it's just because I really just love the kid, but I think Elliott's going to be a stud, and I will not stop saying it. I know I've said it a lot, but I will not stop saying it because I truly do believe it. In terms of the linebackers, Kenny Young looked good tonight. He had four total tackles, three were solo. I still think Chris Board wins that job, but I think that Young can prove that he can rotate in and out with Board and still provide value. Young's strengths coming out of the draft were in coverage, so they're going to be looking for him to provide that security blanket over the middle of the field, make sure that the tight ends can't get open over the middle that slants can't be run in the middle of the field, kind of be what C.J. Mosley was on that final play against the Browns, although Mosley was blitzing, but just that mentality of, you know, pick off the ball, right, as the ball comes out of the quarterback's hand. 
So I think Kenny Young showed a lot to me tonight. I think he's going to get a lot of playing time here just to rotate in and out with Chris Board. Two inexperienced guys. You have Owasso, who's also inexperienced, but I think having a tandem between Chris Board and Kenny Young would be extremely valuable to the team, especially with my theory that if you spread out the snaps, they're going to be less tired and they're going to play at a higher level as the game goes on. Going to the defensive line, I think the Patrick Ricard does make this team. He really solidified that spot last week against the Packers, but this week he did a good job as well. He didn't show up on the stat sheet, but he got the nod to start right beside Michael Pierce, and if you're not taking that as a good sign, then I don't know what is a good sign, especially because the Ravens have players like Willie Henry, who I like Willie Henry a lot, but I think Ricard has just shown to the team that he can really be that two-way player, and the Ravens love that they can have a fullback and a defensive tackle on the roster in one player. So I don't think Gerald Willis makes it at this point, the undrafted free agent on Miami. He just hasn't played enough. I think that he really sealed his fate by not being able to play. Maybe they can get him on the practice squad because I still think that Gerald Willis can be a very valuable player on this team if he can just get the development and get the reps. So if they can get him on the practice squad, I think that's really an ideal position for him. I think that this game really showed a lot of things about the team that they have going for them. It really showed a lot of things about the team that they need to improve. Overall, it was a very good showing, and it was their 16th preseason win in a row. The longest active streak by far. So watching Ravens preseason games... You most likely know it's going to be a win. It'll be a very shocking thing to see them actually lose. That's all I have today. We're going to take a break Saturday and Sunday, but we're going to end up coming back on Monday, and so you should stay tuned for that episode, and I will see you on Monday.